Oh, what do I say, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> that was the least smooth intro hey, you've done. Hey, 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 it counts. You are listening to the 20 Good Minutes podcast, and we are here to talk about Euros all episode long. And we are actually picking this up from an interesting point, because the last time we did one of these was after the second match day in the group stage, which means mm, yes. we haven't talked since... The knockout stage was set, and since that first round of uh, beautiful knockout matches was played. So we have, uh, basically what I'm saying is we have a lot of to talk about. We have a lot of, a lot to yeah, talk about. Yeah, it's been a long time since Scotland beat England. <laughs> about 30 years. Uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, it's it's true. We've um, flower of Scotland. <laughs> they've gone out now. It's quite it's quite sad, really. I like to see Scotland and Wales do well. I'm disappointed. Uh, no, it, it, it's all over. All of the favourites are out. The group of death has died. So yeah, how exciting! What a tremendous turn of events that was for the group of death to have faded out. But you mentioned Scotland and Wales. And we can pick it up in Group A and the way Group A finished and the teams that got out because two of Group A's teams are still alive. But the one that, mm. the one that I know, hmm, Turkey was terrible. We don't need to talk about them. I always preferred chicken anyways. Wales is, <laughs> that might have been the best turkey joke I've ever had. Sorry, did you want me to laugh? Do you want me to edit in a laugh? Reese, just edit this in. Carry <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>, on. <laughs> No, I've made a lot of obviously, different turkey obviously. jokes in the last couple of weeks, and I just stopped the ponder. Like, I think that might have been the, ma- the I best I just want the listeners to know that I didn't actually expect Reese to edit in the laugh at that point. Oh, I, thought, <laughs> I don't want people to think, Reese has barely edited this. That's, everything's fine. Uh, no, it was, yeah, Italy uh, topped the group. They look very impressive. Wales got through, which is a huge achievement for them. Like, it still is. This people is, can say what they like. It's still big. That's what I wanted to talk about out of this group. Like, death taxes in Switzerland getting to the round of 16 at a major tournament. So, of course, they're going through. Italy goes through better than we thought. But I feel like because of 2016, people had this distorted understanding, have this distorted understanding of how good Wales is supposed to be. This is the third major tournament Wales has ever <laughs> attended. Ever. Yeah, obviously get invited. And I don't know when they'll make another one. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what their World Cup group looks like, but uh, I'll I'll find out as we talk about it. What what impresses you most about them? What am, I think Wales is a great example of the type of team that becomes a lot more than the sum of its parts when they they put the shirt on. They yeah, they, re- they remind me of, uh, to use a CONCACAF example, it's like Costa Rica, where when you look at the players, you're like, oh, pff, we should be handling them. But you just can't. Like, they're just, no, they, they're up to it. They're like the Power Rangers. Um, <laughs> they sort of, like, they're, they're really good players combine and form a better version of the country that shouldn't exist. Um, just speaking about if they'll qualify again, they're, they're in a group 
their qualification group with Belgium and the Czech Republic Ooh. and Belarus and Estonia, who will just like get beat quite a lot. Um, but so they've basically got to be better than the Czech Republic to get into the qualifying round or the playoff round when they'll play then another European team in the playoff round. But yeah, so they've basically just got to be better than the Czech Republic because Belgium will win the group. So um, it's tough. But there's again, there's always a chance with the Welsh. There's always a chance. They're, they're apparently now, because also, even though I make fun of, no, it's not making fun of them, but I like to point out the fact that this is their third ever major international tournament. They made the knockout stages in all three of those tournaments now, which is wildly yeah. impressive. Like it was like the '58 World Cup. They made the knockouts at like the quarterfinal, and then at the Euros. I didn't watch that one. They made this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I T-voted. I haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, the, <laughs> the the Euros in 2016, they made the semifinals. So technically, their round of 16 exit was the worst performance they've ever had at a major tournament final. Weirdly yeah, England fans would take that. Remember, we were in three and our worst one ever was getting to the quarter final. Oh. Like the last 16, it's not that bad, really. Um, but no, they, no. they've got they've gone out now though. Gareth Bale yeah. looked really annoyed at the end of the oh, game. I as well. it. Was like, the sarcastic clap now? deserved deserved yellow, but wonderful, wonderful house. Then he was asked. Then he was asked. Oh well, are you going to quit Welsh football? He just walked off, which I thought, you know, fair enough, Gareth. You, I'd be annoyed as well. Not the time or the place. Ask him later. Who knows if he's going to end his career there or that, like his well not his career but his Welsh career. I do feel like when Gareth Bale ends his Welsh career, he will just end his footballing career. So that's yeah. quite a big question for Gareth. I think yeah. he I think he likes playing for Wales more than he likes playing for his club. No, yeah, ma no matter golf. whether it's Tottenham or Real Madrid. I mean, like I he Wales is like who he really loves to play for. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's what it literally is Wales golf than any other thing that exists. <laughs> so it's so, fine. Right. Group B, which had probably my favorite finish. Now there are two teams from Group B that are still alive, which is the number that ended the round of sixteen, because Poor Finland was out by a, literally one goal, which has got to be counted as a fabulous effort from them. They ended with the minus two goal difference that if they had a minus one goal difference, then they would have still been out. Actually, they needed a zero, but uh, yeah, it's pretty, it was pretty, pretty awful. I think it was, it's amazing to see Denmark recover from losing two games to then wrestle their way into the knockout stages and now look like one of the sides that are like a real problem. For, uh, for hopefully England in the future, but it's it's, it, like, it's cool. Like, I, I love to see a team from the depths of nothing suddenly be like a contender and finish second in the group. I feel a bit for Finland really because I feel like Finland are quite. It, it's a, such a big moment for them to even be in the tournament. So to go out in that fashion is probably very sort of frustrating for them, especially when you win your first game. Right, you you beat Denmark in the first game and then you don't get anything against Russia or Belgium. And it's just like, oh, see you then. Yeah, that, that was. I was sad about that. The other two teams in the group, Belgium, won it easily. Russia, I they were either going to be on steroids and very good or not on steroids and probably finish second to last or last, and that's what happened. Um, yes. Pretty safe bet on Alleg my part. Allegedly, for the lawyers, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. No, it's... <laughs> actually, I mean, the, the world... And, you know the only reason Russia could play in this tournament was because UEFA was not considered a major event organizer by the World Anti-Doping Agency. Did you know that? I mean, the way they saw the tickets suggests that that's probably true. So <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I, did, I didn't know that. That's that's news. Yeah, there was something depressing about Hamden Park with like ten thousand people in it. Yeah. Just, it feels it was, weird, it, right? That's yeah. That's that's the thing. Right, some of the stadiums are absolutely alive because they're either full or very close to full. Even Wembley against Germany looked or felt full. 
Like it was, it was amazing. That's probably the best atmosphere Wembley's ever had for an international game. Maybe thinking about it, because I've been to Wembley a few times, and um, it's usually like quite excited for the first ten minutes, then quite sad for seventy minutes, and then they'd bring on like a superstar. The crowd get excited for ten minutes. I was there when David Beckham was brought on once, and I've never seen so many camera flashes in like post two thousand and seven <laughs> in my life. It was, uh, it was crazy. It was, a, it was a real moment. I can imagine. And, and literally the and literally the only memorable moment of the game was a substitution. Yes. <laughs> Says everything you need to know about some nice. England games. Nice. Now we we're, we're, we're going to get to the wonderful English. Denmark also, I'm just uh, with all the facts here, is the first team to qualify for the knockout stages at the Euros after losing their first two games. That's the first time that's happened. Wow, really? That's a great start. Lovely start. Oh. Yeah, and so the and the fact the way that they did it was just awesome and then they're in and we'll talk about them more later. Group C Netherlands, Austria, Ukraine, North Macedonia. And I'll, I'll say something here. North Macedonia finished with zero points. Man, were they fun to watch. <laughs> Doesn't great. Doesn't matter, does it? It's like, it's like saying, oh, insects are fun, and then they're eaten by a bigger being. <laughs> That's what Macedonia I, I, are. I was trying to give them credit. That I learned two things. One, North Macedonia was better than I thought they were. Two, they scored two goals. I didn't see yeah. that coming. I'll be honest. Yeah, they scored. Goran Pandev. Thank goodness he got a goal. I would have been weird if he didn't. And then, no. they, and they, now we can retire, age fifty-seven. Well, yeah. Thanks, Goran. Thanks for everything, mate. <laughs> He's still playing in Syria. The guy's just unstoppable. <laughs> uh, another thing, I had no idea how few people were in North Macedonia. I figured that there were a lot more people. The, the pop you know what the population you love you right stop this I, you I, love I, populations I, I love this i i do you love All populations right. love so this. much you got about populations more than anyone more than the census got about the population <laughs> that's, that's, that's all they do it's interesting dude. there's two million people in the whole country <laughs> i thought it was so much like i thought it was a reasonable 10 15 20 yeah, million you've not you've not counted them you don't know that oh. you're guessing <laughs> That's a small, that is a real small kind of, I, you know, I grew up in a city that was more than half the size of that. No, that so. is, that's, that's fair. That is like Glasgow. I think Glasgow is like two million people. Yeah, it's Maybe like North many. Macedonia is not big. Full marks for them getting here. Um, I got to be honest, Ukraine's the team that finished third in this group. I had no idea they even qualified <laughs> until like all, you know, everything like came to an end on the last day and they, finished, they, they slotted ahead of Slovakia. And I was like, wait, I, I just assumed they were out. And yeah. then they, they, they went through. Right? Well, I've got I've, I've created a dossier on Ukraine. So you can soon, listeners. Well, if you're a Ukrainian listener and you're thinking, oh, we didn't even know we were qualified. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, I've come prepared. <laughs> That's right. We, at least one of us needs to know something about every every country. Uh, Austria, who I... We, let me, I let sat... me just find out the population. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> then Austria and the Netherlands. I feel like this was probably the most predictable group of all time. 9630 in points in order yeah. of like world ranking yeah <laughs> that's, just, <laughs> that's true it's easy waltz right down the lane I mean, austria had never won a game at the euros so nice that they were able to win too because i think everybody knew like they're good they just never put it together yeah and, and they had north macedonia, macedonia in the group so you know <laughs> freebie freebie Dude, north macedonia made it out of the group like 30 percent of the time in my simulations that really right, it's great doesn't matter does it so, <laughs> <laughs> sorry the video's been the video's done so that was quite dismissive of your work <laughs> doesn't matter though no, um, a, like, a lot of people beat you to that one in the comments of it you like after the first day of the euros they're like well this done this didn't age very well did it 
yeah every, right, I, I did a prediction video recently and when i when about so the first week first, first night of last 16 games uh, i get them both right both predictions right next day you don't get them right comments after straight away both games oh well this this age like milk it's like yeah, what are you when it was working out line. for me that's the lie no well, this age like milk I mean, somebody needs to put that to bed okay yeah, like, oh, yeah, I don't, I'm sorry, I can't predict the future. These videos would be really boring if I could, wouldn't they? So, I don't know. It, it, you know, that's taken on the life of, uh, you remember the phrase rent-free? Like, I'm living yeah, rent-free. Well, do I remember the phrase? I think it's still going on. It's really annoying. Really? Oh, um, um, that's, a, that's a shame. That's a real shame. Uh, you know what else was a shame? Group D. Scotland. Eliminated by what I have to say was the most obvious and impressive-looking shot I've seen in a long time on that Luka Modric outside of the foot goal. I don't know oh, if you were yeah. watching that because you were probably dialed into the England game, but I was watching Croatia, Scotland draped in the Scottish flag of my ancestors. And right. it was 1-1 one, one, and the ball just like saunters out to Modric and he's running up on it. And as he's running up on it, I say out loud, I'm like, oh, sh this is going in. Like, yeah. it's Modric from 19 yards. I don't know how he's going to put it in. I know the ball's going in. And then the way that he did it was just spectacular. I was like, why did... I feel like there was an easier way to score this goal. And he just scoops it with the outside of his foot, absolute pellet, into the corner. Shout out to any, Croatia any, for gutting it out. They looked bad for most of the tournament, but they got there anyways. Yeah, any shot that is caressed into the into the goal is a, is a lovely shot. So yeah, I like that. It's, it's like he's doing like a 40-yard pass across the pitch, but instead he's doing it into the back of the Scottish net, which, <laughs> yeah, so beautiful, so beautiful. That was the first time that I have seen Luka Modric. You know, you 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 were an athlete. You played sports. <laughs> Thanks, I mean, that, that is distant, but I'll take uh, it, yeah. yeah. No, no, no we're, we're tying that. And yeah. there's a feeling... People are Googling that, what? Surely not. <laughs> <Hang on. laughs> there's a feeling when you play sports, when you do something awesome, and then you, instead of celebrating or yelling, you make that face like, are you not entertained? And you can kind of, you feel the adrenaline kind of coursing through the veins. And you just, you kind of just look like the stare that Mario Balotelli would always get after he'd score. Like that sort of like, what's up sort of look. I had yeah. never seen Luka Modric have that vibe until he scored that goal. And there is this like magisterial picture of him running towards the Croatian fans where his arms are out and he just looks like he walked right off the set of the movie Gladiator like are you not entertained and it, that yeah, uh, yeah it was they, they've got a lot of criticism I think that's that's part of it right they, they're coming to the tournament as finalists of the World Cup remember and that they like I imagine the Croatian press I've got to be honest I'm not massively attuned to it but I would <laughs> I, I would I would guess the Croatians I would guess they're getting a look at Barry. I would guess they're getting a lot of criticism, and Modric being like the guy at, in the Croatian side is probably getting the most amount of criticism. So when he does that and they qualify, it's it's almost like, oh, what were you worried about? Yeah, I've got this under control. Yes, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's the Kante thing of like seeing players that normally aren't particularly arrogant be quite like, yeah, I'm the shit. What are you gonna do about exactly, it? Yeah, that's what I mean. I, that 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 is the vibe of the face that he made was just like yeah. he just put it all on the table. You know, he was just like, you kidding? It's me. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you I mean? Can, I don't know about you listeners, but I can picture what he's doing as well. It's, it's Zealand Shannon, everybody. Yeah, uh, no, I can see yeah, that. Yeah. It, it, but I, it, it, it comes... Finger guns. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
That's what I picture. Kissing his own bicep. Just like, yeah, that's me. Right, right, right on the nose. Point it at the back of the shirt. It has a different, yeah, it has a different vibe, though, coming from somebody who looks like a generic Eastern European grandmother in Luka Modric, right? Do you know who Gail Platt is? I don't. Oh. He looks a bit like Gail Platt. She's from the soap opera Coronation Street. This is one of those moments in the podcast where I'm making a reference that 85% of us know and Zealand and his American cousins are absolutely <laughs> mind blown. I have no idea. But yeah, it's, it's, well, hang on. I'll, let's, let's, let, I'm going to cut the podcast short very briefly. Uh, not going to say short, just to send you a picture of, of Luka Modric. Okay. Uh, I mean, I do know what he looks like, you would, you would hope. Yeah, I'll, say, I'll just just so we can get Z's live reaction to this. Uh, I've given you a selection of pictures, one of which includes Luka Modric with her hair. <laughs> I didn't want to see this. What is this? That's that's Luka Modric with the hair of Gail Platt. Picture I, it, it just one. it looks like you just put Luka Modric in the dryer. Like that's what this looks well, like. Well, yeah, but then the pictures below obviously are of, are of yeah. Gail. I, I see that. I can see the res- it's like if, if Modric grew up in the eighties, that this would be the hair. <laughs> that he would yeah. have yeah if this video had a thought if with this podcast or it had a thumbnail we know what it would be <laughs> we know what it would be oh, like, yeah. lovely anyway they qualify well the awful thing about this is they qualified and they're out so yeah, they qualified and they're Thanks out for coming. Yeah, no. the, the, the checks are obviously we're, we'll talk more about them later but i was certainly surprised to see them get out of the group at all as comfortably as they did and yeah, england <laughs> sorry we'll talk about that later We'll, yeah. talk about that, I, 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 we'll touch on the rest of this group later. And then Group E was Sweden above Spain. Uh, and then oh. Slovakia was the third place team that went out because turns out their goalkeeper forgot where the goal was. Uh, it's a real shame. And then Poland, which I got to be honest, I watched that last Polish game. And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, how is this team in a position where they just like have to win this game to get through? They looked really good. Yeah, I, I think they've been. I think they've been quite unlucky. I mean, there, there aren't many sides in this format that can be unlucky and not qualify. I think if there's one, it probably is Poland. They've played some pretty good stuff. They've, their results just have not gone their way. Like you look back at that first game they played against Spain, which they didn't win, and everyone was going, "Ah, oh, great, great." Oh, oh no, sorry, the, the game against Spain, not not the first game. It's the second game that where they drew with Spain. Everyone went, "Ah, oh, decent point against the Spanish." But you actually look at like how it took Spain quite a long time. It felt like to warm up before they destroyed um aside <laughs> like, yeah. but yeah but but like that was arguably poland's moment to have beaten a spanish side that you know weren't being being particularly potent i don't know i think they'll look back with a lot of regret on this tournament and robert Lewandowski, right you talk about messi and ronaldo as being these stars that have never won, won the big one obviously they've, they've won uh, other competitions but they've not won the world cup for example and for Lewandowski, he's never done anything with poland like they've never even got like a third place or anything no, like this. There's they've always never, struggled. There's never been a moment at a major tournament where you were like, "Oh, there's Robert," you know, like here. You, you know, <laughs> what did you say? Like he was at a school reunion. <laughs> no, I mean like where he's actually leading Poland. You know, it, 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 the Euros. I think it was 2012. Someone, sorry, someone sent me a clip of him going. Oh, there's Robert. Because <laughs> I want that. The moment I, I said it, I knew, I knew it was not. It wasn't. It, that was not. It didn't come off the way no. we wanted it to. But 
in, uh, in summary, Z, they've oh. never got out of the group. Like he's never got out of the group stage of the World Cup, uh, and they've they've achieved like I think again quarterfinals, quarterfinals in twenty sixteen, twenty twelve. Yeah, it was twenty twelve. So Lewandowski scored a couple goals in that tournament, including the winner in the round of sixteen in a penalty shootout. But that's the thing is, it was never like. You know, okay, they eked through the round of 16 at Euro 2012 on a penalty shootout, right? And they were hosting the tournament. So uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I just, just, just. Uh, I hate to do this. I just don't think. I, I don't think you're right. I think it was 2016 they got to the quarterfinals. Group stage in in 2012. They quarterfinals in France. The last one. It doesn't matter. Basically, he's <laughs> never achieved anything. No, so he's forget a, him. I, I, now I'm really curious. I'm scroll. I'm scrolling. <laughs> Hold on. I'm Euro. just looking at Poland's European Wait, Championships the... record, and in 2012 they got to the group stage. In 2008 they got to the group stage, and then didn't go, didn't get through, didn't win a game, and then they got they, the they won two games. It was it was 26. What the? F it's all right. It's all right. I'm just look. I'm just there as a knowledgeable Gale Platt fan. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all I know. They actually never even made the group stage until 2008. That's pretty wild. So they were really terrible. Like. Well, he's dragged them to group stages. I guess, so literally, yeah. literally has. That's his, account, his accomplishment could be framed as they're going to the tournaments now. Like that's yeah, you can put it. You can put it next to Scotland's we drew with England trophy, can't you? That's good. <sighs> group F. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Hungary for making this mildly, more than mildly interesting. Honestly, you would have got really good odds on them drawing two games. Like that was not. No one predicted that. No one predicted them to score. They got three goals. They got one goal fewer than France, which is very odd. And two points. That's pretty impressive. That's, I, I'm that's impressed so with them. I know it seems lucky, but I'm really impressed with them. It's one of those things where, like, if you put England in this group or any team in the world in this group and they came out with two points, you'd be like, obviously, that was a little disappointing. But, you know, we can kind of understand it. Tough group. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, it, and Hungary did that without its best player. They did not have yeah, Sobislai for this tournament. Yeah, and they haven't got Robert Lewandowski, so it's <laughs> tough for them. Maybe Lewandowski, is it them. too late for him to switch? Can you yeah. imagine so, what yeah. this team would have done with Lewandowski in there? <laughs> yeah, I can. They'd have finished bottom with fewer <laughs> points. <laughs> Somehow, yeah, that would have, that would have happened. I, there, that moment, there was the, what, 20 minutes where Germany was going out and Hungary was going through. That was uh, a wild yeah. 20 minutes. Before I think every Germany's team played. in that group, yeah, every team in that group had, were in each spot at one point, in, yeah. like in a night, which is very, very cool. But uh, I, I think the group kind of went a lot the way people expected, and then what's happened beyond that has not gone the way people expected. <laughs> so we can, uh, yeah, there's my link. Deal with it. Have it. Boom. I love it. I thought you like linked me something. I thought you sent me a message. No, I, I, I like the fact you've just looked back at the Gail Platt Luka Modric <laughs> pictures. Like, oh, I'm, I'm seeing his Gail Platt again. I'm horribly disappointed and disturbed. Uh, if you if you like, if you aren't uh, if you're not happy with Gail Platt, you should meet her son David. He's a right wrong one. Let me tell you. I don't even know what that means. But, but to be honest, the Platt family, Richard Hillman, they've never really recovered since Richard Hillman drove them into the canal in a in a fam in a people carrier. Anyways, we'll talk about that after the Euros. I think we'll, we'll come back to this. <laughs> the question is, Z, and I want an answer. Who shot Phil Mitchell? Doesn't matter. Oh. Doesn't matter. We could again. We can come back to that at a later date. Gareth I'm Bale. Just, 
I've just done, well, yeah, with a seven iron, he chipped it towards <laughs> him. Anyway, uh, right, yeah. So let's move on. I've just I'm, honestly, this is one of those moments. I'm just making references for English listeners that are going. That's excellent. Uh, quarter final time, Z is, is is coming up. But before that, the round of sixteen, and it, yes. the, the teams that have made it are not the teams that people necessarily predicted, oh. including me. And it got spicy on the first day. Not not in the Very first spicy. match, right? Because Denmark roll Denmark didn't roll Wales. It was a good game, and then Denmark scored a couple goals right at the end because Wales was too busy like making fun of the referee. But that red card, I I hated that red card call. Also, I I thought that was just Soft. not that was it. Uh, yeah, it was it was that was the you know Tempur-Pedic version of a a red card. That was just plush. There was no I I don't I just the ref that whole game was weird. And then he just went off the rails, I think, towards the end. And yeah, it's, but it's, it, it, like, as much as it's not that surprising to see Wales be beaten by a side that on paper are much better than them, yes. it is sort of still surprising to see a bit of a, like a blowout in a, in a last 16 game. Like you work so hard to get there and then to see it just like dissipate in front of you is so heartbreaking for them. But Denmark look really good. Denmark look like a team now that well, like the game they're going to play against the Czech Republic is really exciting now. You know what was terrifying but, is everybody was looking at Denmark like okay I mean their defense is really good their midfield you're talking Delaney and Hybier like that's just a really solid kind of those yeah. guys you know they, those guys both play at the highest level of the game all the time they're you know they're not standout players at that level but they're there what they didn't have was that forward right and not only do you have Domsgaard who's just stepped in and channeled the spirit of Christian Eriksen Casper Dolberg scoring a really good brace coming out of like well, purgatory to do it. Well, Casper Dolberg has finally lived up to the potentially at six years ago. So, <laughs> and, it, and, and by lived up to the potential, I mean, he scored a goal in the Euros and everyone's gone, yes, there. Every, every, every football manager player ever has gone, told you, told you. He's done nothing for the, like the majority of his career, really. He's not, not done nearly what people thought he would. He's at Nice at the moment. And again, he's just just not become the player that people people genuinely talked about. Casper Dolberg as being like one of the, you know, the way we talk about Haaland now. That was what people talked about, like to Casper Dolberg about. Like it was the same thing. That, that he had the same vibe, same energy, like similarly, like quite a tall, rangy forward. And you know, if you're not careful, Erling, this you could be scoring for Norway. <laughs> you know, in a hey, last sixteen game. You know what Erling Haaland's never done? Scored in a round of sixteen at the Euros. Scored a no, brace. Well, it's, it, you know what? We, we wouldn't talk about Norway during a Euros podcast. But it's strange they're not here. Like, you look at some of the sides that are here. You think about Odegaard and Haaland and a few others. How bad are the rest of them? Uh, <laughs> no, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like watching. Um, what, I think one of the, the most striking teams, uh, there's a couple in CONCACAF that are built like Norway is right now. Obviously, Norway's better than them. That's not the argument I'm making. But teams that have like four or five guys that are really good relative to everybody else one is canada watching canada i imagine is very similar to watching norway yeah i get that playing watching canada i watched canada haiti which was like a knockout match and qualifying to get to the final round and it is literally get the ball where's alfonso that's the, whole, that's that. the whole sport is get oh, he's, the ball. A, he's, a, he's on the left he's just on the left yeah. so just launching balls to the left he's got to be there to somewhere the and then when alfonso gets it it's where's jonathan david and then that's the entire game plan and they won <laughs> they won the game I love it. So, you got you gotta love it yeah and then i feel like 
I, I've, I've really not been able to watch the Norwegian team because they don't make it to things. But they, I would imagine, have a very similar vibe where it's just, where's, uh, you know, let's get it to Odegaard and he's going to get it to Holland. And that's what we're going to do. There's quite a lot of players. I'm just looking through their, their sort of squads now. There's quite a lot of players that still play in Norway. That's a problem. Um, not loads of them. There's, there's quite a few. Like You're looking at players like Sanderberg. He's not too bad. Sorloth's not too bad. They've got again. They've got some players. Did still have Elliot Nussi? Wasn't he on the Norwegian team? Uh, yeah, he still is. Yeah, still still in their most recent squad. Like Chris, Christoph uh, Ayer, who plays for Celtic, he's pretty good. Okay, there, there's no um, excuse. I, there, especially when you start to factor in the I knew everybody that you just named. They yeah. they should they I mean, should have been here. I don't know what happened. Doran Pandev was there with his, with his boys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. Well, that was the Nations League thing that the way the nations league shook out on this particular occasion it was like belarus georgia and north macedonia was going to get a spot at the euros so i under but they i think they lost to like i can't i can't remember exactly did, did they, did they lose to like a good team in the playoff is that what it was I, I, it was it I wasn't like it a good it been. wasn't a good team. This is this is a this is a twenty good minutes investigation Euros <laughs> qualifying <laughs> playoff. We're we're really what happened we're to right Norway? on this. We're right on this. Who did they lose we to? Need to? We need to know what happened to Norway. I'm trying I'm trying to find uh, out. Hungary's the team that beat Iceland because Iceland was like the favorite to get in. Um, Slovakia beat Northern Ireland to get in and Ireland, which is. No, okay, no, I've got it. Norway finished fourth. Serbia, I think, in a in a group or something like that. I, I think this is right. They finished fourth in like a Nations League group with Montenegro, Netherlands, and Turkey. Turkey topped that group, oh. something like that. It's very strange. Either way, they didn't qualify. That's the long and short of it. Yeah, they they uh, lost. Okay. They they ended up in the playoff. I like to think. <laughs> yeah, they lost to Serbia in the playoff. Uh yeah, but then Serbia weren't there either. And they lost to Scotland. Oh, goodness, of course it is. <laughs> I'd like to think if any Norwegian listeners have tuned in today, they've thought, oh, at least they're not going to slag off Norway. <laughs> and then we spent 10 minutes just ripping it. Why aren't they here? This is unbelievable. Uh, comparing Erling mm. Haaland to Lewandowski, which normally would be a compliment, but not today. Uh, no, so, sorry, sorry. Where were we? No, Norway well, aren't Den even in this. Denmark beating know. Wales. And we oh, were yeah, Denmark. Uh, it wasn't a blow. Well, like, I watched the whole game. It wasn't, you know, as, as we hope with all of these. I, it was, I... Even though I've had class during the games, I go back and like watch them later. The the Danish team was just in more control of the game, scored a couple late. They look yeah. very, very capable going ahead. The other game that day was the one that drew all the attention, though, because that was Italy-Austria. And oh. scoreless to extra time, because Italy never concedes a goal ever. But what no, it was one of those oh. it's one of those games, E, that it gets to it gets to 80 minutes and you just start you start deciding for yourself you're going i deserve penalties now i've been here long enough watching <laughs> not a lot of goal action uh yeah a lot of long range shooting a lot of off target action and then eventually eventually goals going Chiesa's goal by the way is so good like the way he like he knocks it down for himself and then lashes it across with it i assume he's weaker foot because it doesn't look it doesn't look that natural but the way he does it is so like pure big fan of that big fan of the that. way then he's not even starting which is he's come in no, as a not. substitute a couple times and every time he does he impresses but yeah I, my one of my one of my greatest football manager moments ever involves uh federico chiesa because his dad used to play on my first ever edition on football on, on championship manager a 102 
and I used to sign his dad and didn't realize for some reason that they were related. And then I started signing his son just because of the same reasons. He was a goal scorer. Enrico Chiesa. Unbelievable, Zeden Channel. Let me tell you. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I concur. I Anyway, scored a goal in the quarterfinals. Yes. <laughs> the, not the quarterfinals. Last 16. I hate last 16. Get to, get to the quarterfinals. Do you know what this is? It's because they changed the format. They used to be straight to the quarterfinals and everyone was happy. And they went, no, let's have more teams because Zealand likes it when there's more teams. Yep, I do. I, I think I 24, a 2014 Euros is better than a 16. No, because Gore and Panda, it was North Macedonia <laughs> there, and they just get knocked out. That was fun. Oh. That was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Yes. Yeah, hungry was good. Fair enough. If it's 16 no, it's teams, it's just the same, you know, it's like the podium of the Olympics for swimming. Yeah, it's but the no, same four when you do, teams. But then you have four groups of death. <laughs> it's a lot more exciting. Yeah, well, you get it with that. I mean, the, the World Cup's about to expand, too. We're going to have a big, oh, long don't, conversation don't, about that at some I'm point. so annoyed about that as well. Oh, but, don't even get me started yeah, on no, th this game, This game was ugly. In the first 15 minutes, I thought Italy was going to win 4 to nothing, And I backed the Austrians as a dark horse, <laughs> like a team that could beat some people and get to a semifinal. And they looked like they were getting run off the field. And I have no idea, but somehow the whole clock just went away. Even though Austria was getting barnstormed for large mm. portions, they just survived. And it wasn't like there were big chances. It was just... Italy was leaning into it the whole time. And on your point about the shots, Italy had 27 shots and hit the target six times. It wasn't good. Austria wasn't had good. 16 shots and hit the target three times. So it was bombs yeah. away. It was a pretty, like, it still had a lot of shots, but it was a pretty even game. Like, for for 120 minutes, you'd think that Italy would eventually start to just, like, to completely take over. And yes, they won the game, but it took a long time for them to get to that point. Austria defended really well throughout the whole game, really nullified Italy. I remember this was an Italian team that qualified out of the group really well. Like they didn't concede a goal and scored seven. Like it wasn't just a, it wasn't an England-esque qualification. Like it was really good. So the fact that Austria managed to stop them for that long, ultimately like strength in depth, quality tends to ring true in those moments. And it did in that game. And now Italy put, like hold themselves up as a bit of a favorite going forward. I know they've got a tough game in the quarters, but you know they're, they're a tough team to stop yeah they're on the they're on the tough side of the bracket too which was populated uh by one of the other matches on the next day but first we had uh i think the first game to today was on day two was czech republic in the netherlands and yes czech republic won two to nothing you know well, i'm assuming if you're listening you already knew that <laughs> how in the heck did that happen well if you, if you wait until now for your Euros update, I'm not sure you're really into it. I'll be completely <laughs> honest. Like, I'm not sure you're into it. Oh, no. It's true. So, but yeah, it was it was a story of, of Delit, mate. Delit was the was the story in this because he, he stumbles over himself, then he handles, uh... then, he, then he spends a minute, a full minute, thinking he's got away with it. And then he sees the, the referee do the uh... telly sign. Starts doing charades. Do you play charades in America? Uh, uh, no, I, we charades. play charades in America. Yeah, okay, charades. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and at that point, he's got this look as if to say, "I've let my country down." Uh, and then, as I say, gets sent off. And then the Czech Republic came alive. It was like someone flicked a switch. They were like, "Ah, oh, this is your chance," and they took it. They absolutely took it. And and the best thing about that is sometimes you see a team go behind and try and sit on it. And, but they, but like the Dutch didn't really do that when they probably should have done, and it just it just left so much space for the Czech Republic. And then I mean, shit on the score sheet again. He's he's trying to get in team of the tournament. This this just goes to show that I love these major international tournaments because there's always a story like the Czech Republic. We're coming into it. You looked at the group, 
And you were like, well, Scotland's probably better than them. Right. And then Croatia and England are definitely better than them. And then it's yeah. just, it's not going to like, you know, maybe it, they could go out with zero points, one point, maybe they beat like Scotland, but they're not going anywhere. Right. And then they, they get four points. They get out of the group. Boom. And they get into a match against the Netherlands. And now you go, oh, well, you know, it's the Dutch. Like they're miles ahead of where the Czechs are at, at the moment in terms of like balance of the team. Obviously people like Patrick Schick have a lot of quality, but you, you just 11 players on 11. The Netherlands has got it covered in like eight or nine spots. And then all of a sudden Delict just has like, a, he just short circuits and it, the most obvious yeah. red card of all time in the Czech Republic without ever really looking like the better team, I would say in any game that they've played, they're in the quarterfinal. Yeah. And, and a quarterfinal game, which is very winnable. Like it's funny how you can put yourself in this position so quickly and that, and then probably feel like you've got a chance. It's like you, they've almost, this was like their freebie. You know what I mean? Like this was their free opportunity to get to a quarterfinal of a European championship. And now, <laughs> like now they've got a real game. Well, again, we'll come to it, but they've got a real game there that could be, could go very well for them. Let's put it that way. And again, not, it's, like, it's not like they're playing another side that they look at and go, oh, this is going to be impossible. They, they're looking at that thinking, wow, chance. Exciting. Uh, should we get to the next very, game? I, uh, it's very sad for the Dutch too because they had they were no, the, it's the, not. The, the, no, it's the, not. They had a roller coaster because coming into the tournament, all the Dutch fans that I that I talked to and everything were were very it sounded the same as the German fans coming into the tournament where they were like, "Well, we kind of suck. We've been sucking. I'm not optimistic." And then they win all three games and they're going, "Never mind. <laughs> our team is great." And then they go out and lose to the Czech Republic, and so it was this huge roller coaster of emotion. Um, there was not the same roller coaster in Belgium, Portugal, which was literally defined by one shot from the bad hazard, who's now the good hazard. That's I was gonna say that's harsh, isn't it? Now I've got a question. I in my in my prediction video on my YouTube channel, I predicted uh, Portugal to be like the failure that no one expects to be the failure. Ooh. Is them coming third and being knocked out in the last sixteen failure? Yeah, I mean it, they could Thank have you. failed worse. Thank you. Right, because Hungary was very capable of knocking somebody off the way they were playing at this tournament, and Portugal dodged that bullet. But this is definitely well... I mean, they're the defending champions. This is well below where they mm -hmm. hoped to be. People thought they could win it. People well, talked about Portugal as if they could win the tournament. People expected them to, to not breeze through the group, but people definitely thought they'd finish ahead of Germany, whereas I thought the Germans would be a real tough tie for Portugal, I, th I thought the matchup was terrible for Portugal, and it proved to be really terrible for Portugal. Whereas you'd expect them to beat Hungary and then give France a pretty good game. Those like France and Portugal are quite similar actually in the way that they're made up and the way in which they play. But to lose to Belgium in this fashion, it was so—I hope this. I'm okay to say this. It, they were so shit in terms of like not understanding that they had like in the key moments they they've, they've pretty much dominated if you look at the stats for this game it's like depressing they've not done more to test courtois because if they just for like five minutes thought to each other right let's play in sort of a more lateral way and do it quickly and eventually create chances and stop just crossing it towards ronaldo 
Like, it, that just does not work. There was no essence of, like, team cohesion for the Portuguese. And again, for a side that are tipped to win the tournament at the start, probably like a top three, top four contender, to go out in the fashion that they did to make it so easy for Belgium, by the way, who aren't, like, this amazing side that everyone thinks they are. Their backline of, of Alderweireld, um, Vermaelen and Vertonghen is not as world-class as it was, six like, six years ago, four years ago, three years ago, etc., they should be doing so much more there's so much creativity in that side there's so there's so much quality in that team and they and they did not make the most of it at all and for a side that have won it and as defending champions this is embarrassing for portugal in my opinion no, i think it's also it's embarrassing because aiden hazard's not fit and he had to leave the game kevin de bruyne is not yeah. fit and he had to leave the game so you're they playing took the threats of Belgium away. Belgium starts for Gonzi, yeah. and they still couldn't do anything. Belgium, Belgium's wheeling out like one third of the golden generation, and they still got, and they still won. Like Portugal didn't score a goal, and and full marks to the Belgian defense that I think showed itself better than a lot of people thought it was. But still, Portugal had no cutting edge in this game, and they just fell right. flat, and they just kind of whimpered out of the tournament in the round of sixteen. Like nobody will remember what they did in this tournament. Don't get me wrong. Belgian side has got some quality in it, right? Tiedemann's had a really good year. Thorgan Hazard, for as much as he's not Eden Hazard, is still very, very good. Defensively, they're still strong. Courtois is one of the best goalkeepers in the world. They've got one of the best strikers in the world. They're not without quality, but you go through the Portuguese side of Ronaldo and Bernardo Silva and Sanchez and and Bruno Fernandes and Ruben Diaz, who's arguably been the best defender this year. That they defensively, they are they are strong. The midfield, like part of that game, is so creative and so like inventive. And offensively, they've got one of the best players to have lived, surrounded by like really good creative players, whether it be Jota or, or, Bernard, or Bernardo Silva. You, again, you could or Felix came on as well. Like, there's so much quality there, and it's so disappointing again to see them go out in the fashion that they did. It really, really disappointing. Yeah, you, like, as much as I predicted them to be poor, I thought they'd still be like better than this. Oh, uh, everybody did. I mean, any time you have a player that somebody spent a hundred million dollars to sign on your bench. I don't care. You know, like, yeah. Belgium just doesn't have... You know, Belgium's not bringing that guy off their bench, right? They're bringing Yuri Thielmans off their bench. So... Well, they've got, they've got Mertens came on, then Donka, Carrasco. Like, they're all good European players. Like, Portugal, Portugal are bringing not, off... They're Fe not are bringing off Felix. Felix, though. They're not. Yeah, like, yeah. Bruno good. Fernandes come off the bench. Felix come off the bench. Like, there is so much quality. So, like, Ruben Neves, who is tipped to be, like, one of the next stars... I'll say, I'll say tipped to be the next star. He's been around for ages. My, my point is, like, he's tipped to get a big move to, like, a Barcelona or a Manchester United. Doesn't even touch their team. Like, he's not even, not even considered. I, I think they'd have been better with him, honestly, in the centre. But even even so, like, so much ability there, and they've they've wasted it a little bit. I, they're for, they're, they're one of the teams that are chomping at the bit for the World Cup, by the way, in 18 months. Oh. They are... Oh, they, they, they're going to come back. I, I'd like to think they're going to come back with a real sort of we let ourselves down there. And it might be Ronaldo's like last big tournament too. Pressure on. Pressure on. I, I think after this performance, they I, everybody knows how good they are. And they know how good they are. Portugal, that is. They're going to come yeah. out with their hair on fire at that World Cup. They have to. They have to. Like they're going to have to. No they're they're going to have to raise the whole level of the team. The, speaking of speaking yeah. of levels, eh? <laughs> speaking of level us up. Level, I'm getting excited just talking about it. Oh, the, the the greatest. I I think I tweeted at the time. Like, dude, I mean, this was just the greatest day of international soccer, football, whatever I've ever seen. Was Spain, was Croatia, good. Switzerland, France? That was unbelievable. Uh, and I don't think there were games that 
jumps off the page like or days at least uh, in fairness maybe none of them did but out of all of them like spain had been relatively underwhelming like sure they'd, they'd put macedonia to the sword and and croatia had been they'd sort of like struggled through the group with england and scotland and the czech republic and then to produce the game that they did to, to have the comeback and then to fall away oh it's, that's so heartbreaking when that happens in football and it started so terribly the one of the worst own goals you'll ever see really he just takes the, the, the that was that back pass where yeah. unai whatever it's an amazing own goal it's just, <laughs> like, just it's like such... it's incredible i don't know and then he came back from that and he played a really good match and goal like he made a couple saves that were there was one on the on an angle where i thought for all the world it was by him and he like knocked it with his elbow into the ground and fell on it it was an incredible save all after just gifting Croatia a goal a team that is good enough you shouldn't have to gift them a goal yeah and that that got so strange wasn't it because that goal I remember it going in and thinking well not only have they got that now they look pretty composed they look up for this like Croatia really looked like a team that were ready to give give um, Spain a go and, I, and at that point that own goal was like it was such a momentum killer for Spain as well and then it took them a good 20 minutes before they get the goal and then they get another one and another one and there's what five minutes to go of normal time and suddenly croatia go hang on a minute <laughs> we're not done yet and that was a moment which is very exciting when you see a team suddenly think we've got a little bit left in us it's the, it's always for me the look in the eye after the first goal in a comeback yeah. like that where they yeah. score the first goal and then the guy runs in to pick the ball out of the net and they're all running back up the field and they're kind of looking at each other like yo we can we can do this we can do this well, I, but they, well, while they're doing that they're running past their opposition so their opposition is seeing them like oh god i was, re I was ready to win this 3-1 yeah. <laughs> what's happened oh, and then it's just a fabulous cross on that last goal and when they when they pulled it back i i seriously my experience with this is i went back and watched the whole game later obviously but i was in class and for me class is a newscast so we're kind of running around writing news stories. Like we're putting together a 5 p.m. news show, essentially. And while that's happening, I'm doing a job where I'm like moving around, going all over, filming stuff. And somebody else who's not, somebody who's just sitting there writing has the game up. And so everybody that's like interested in soccer, which is usually about half a class like that, is walking by that one person going, hey, what's the score? Or like, hey, what's happening? And they would like <laughs> give us an update. The last one I got was... Spain just scored its 3-1 games over. And then I go film something and come back a half hour later and I walk by the guy and I was like, you know, like, what's going on now? Like, if they announced the lineups for the other game or whatever, he's like, oh no, Croatia tied it. And I was like, what the f***? Like, that <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on. No. How long was, was I gone for? Yeah, it's it's like four the, years. The game, <laughs> the game was over. Yeah, it's like, what do you mean we're an extra time that Croatia tied it? That was my like, experience with it. It's just incredible that they're able to, I mean, the determination it takes to throw yourself into those positions, to make those runs on heavy legs, even though you're down a couple goals just to find it. And I, on a side note, I love Mislav Orsic, who scored that goal. Croatia made a run to a Euro final in my live sports simulations. And like the golden boot of the tournament was Mislav Orsic. And he's like a relative unknown. That's why I know who he is. But it's incredible that he came in and did it in an actual Euro too. Yeah, he's he's a really good player that's never really got the big move to Europe. Like in recent seasons, he's been really good as well, playing domestically 
uh, for Dynamo Zagreb, but like he's he's been tipped with moves for ages, but he's just again he's 28, he's probably of the age now where it's not going to happen for him unless he wants it think. to. Yeah, and the, unless he decides I yeah, I that know. it's time because Dynamo Zagreb win the league every year, so if he wants to go like, you know, he's accomplished everything he can domestically, I would think. Yeah, but it'll, but it'll end up at like Watford. That could be fun though. I mean, he would be like a good player at Watford. The the yeah. the, the, the swan song of this game though as you said, was Spain returning to vanquish the Croatians, was Alvaro Morata, who always strikes me as one of the biggest head cases in the game. And he'd been... Really? He, 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 I did not get that vibe. Not, no, I, I'm not talking about like a head case in the way that Paul Pogba's a head case in terms of like his flamboyant nature. I'm talking about like, he just... Everybody is aware of the fact that Alvaro Morata is gifted athletically and technically which means the only thing that is letting him down is the mental part of the game when he struggles for long stretches and doesn't... The goal he scored to take the lead in extra time in this game was world-class. Yeah. And I, I... The thing is, right... I felt great for him. So, with someone like Morata, he's clearly got so much ability, but his career looks so underwhelming. For, for a kid that was at Madrid's youth system came through there people were talking about him as like the next role i remember that was sort of like the conversations but it was like a little bit more athletic than role people thought he had the finishing ability it was it was all set up right he was really good for castilla who which is like their their b team and then finally got his chances in the liga never took them shipped off to juventus back to madrid had a good year at madrid then went to chelsea for big money never really works out for him he's he's, he's the way you sum up alvaro Morata is for every three games he plays he'll score one goal and that is literally him. So you can't expect... In two games, he's going to be completely anonymous. And in the other, he'll score. But that is such a problem for a high-profile striker in a Spanish team. So he's always going to have this reputation as someone that's never quite cutting it regularly enough, consistently enough. Especially when you're comparing him to... Like, when he's playing for these big sides or he's playing for Spain's national team, you're comparing him to the other strikers that play at a similar level that are playing for the other national teams of high quality. So Harry Kane and Lukaku and all these other players. Right? And he's not... He's just not of that level, but he's, I'd say he's thrust into the, into the limelight by being Spain's guy in this tournament. So to see him score, it's quite nice. He's just, he strikes me as quite a nice man, really. I felt great for him. I mean, I remember when one time he scored with Chelsea and such a weight was lifted off his shoulders by scoring, he just broke down in tears. I mean, he's, <laughs> that's not the strength, that's not the mental strength you want, is it really, from a footballer? That's what I meant by head case. Yeah. I don't know how I was interpreted, but he's like, he... Well, headcase in England. Head, just to clarify, headcase in England is, is means you're a bit of a maniac. Like you can go, oh, you go crazy at any point. No, that, that's not. Yeah, okay. Lost in translation. That's not. No, in <laughs> in the U.S., it means just kind of you're lost in your head. Like you're. Oh, just, okay. in, so I like Alvaro Morata. Right. He he seems to internalize a lot of this stuff that people like Ronaldo are able to bounce off themselves. Or Lu, Lukaku generally does a good job of that. Where like he gets criticism and he just bounces it off of himself. And that's a hard thing to do, and not everybody's built for that. And I just don't think Alvaro Morata's built for that, at least from what I've seen. So it, I always feel great when he scores. And it was a fabulous goal that he scored. But he, like you said, a lot of the time he's just going to struggle to provide the end product because he's just really, he's dogging himself about it. Yeah. The manager seems to really like him. Like he gets these moves, yeah, right? There must be a does. reason for that. <laughs> like, so, so there must be a reason. And I think Juventus want to keep him for another season and things like this. Like, he's not... It's not awful, but he's, again, he's just he's just never been the player that everyone I think thought he was going to be. And again, when, especially when you come to England and you don't quite live up to the, to like the hype, your reputation just gets hurt so much, especially in this country. 
So, so when he scores, he's a bit of a meme in this country now, which, which you don't like to see. Anyway, moving on from Alvaro Mata, for his sake rather than anyone else's. Um, let's go to the other the other big game. France are out, Z. What the What's going on? How? Why? There's no logical... Like, there's no explanation for why they're out of the tournament. The French are the best. They're, they're the best team in the world. Like, their front three is Mbappe, Benzema... Than like Griezmann or Griezmann. Yeah, Griezmann. yeah. Well, I was gonna say they they were swapping in Dembele and that, but he then he got hurt. But that is, I mean, if you wanted to buy any of those players, it would cost you at least a hundred million dollars. I would think. Uh, in a yeah, pre, think, in a pre-COVID valuation of the no, players. You're, you're right. You're right. And for someone like Mbappe, right, more than that. Oh, the the, the, the that. funny thing for France is that on paper, when people look back at this tournament, they'll go. Yeah, that was coming right. Like they edged past Germany, but barely. Germany were arguably the better side in that game. The, the, like, Hummel's own goal decided it. Drew with Hungary, drew with Portugal, beaten by Switzerland. This this will not. People will not look back on this and think, "Wow, what a shock that was." If you like, the, the the paper does not necessarily tell the story of the picture, which was no. they were in so much control against the Swiss. Like Pogba scores that goal, he does that. He, he, he acts like Luka Modric for a second. Yeah, <laughs> he like, yeah. He, he's like, like, yeah, I am Paul Pogba. That's it. I'm the real deal. And everyone else, gets, and everyone's tweeting, "Wow, Pogba really is world class," etc. And then, oh my word, the same thing as what had happened previously that day happens, and the Swiss fight back. You, you're a big fan of the Swiss, aren't you? Because you like always you like the world rankings. Yeah, I, I have been back. In I like the Roger Swiss. Federer. So. So, <laughs> big watch guy chocolate guy um the i i have been backing the swiss the whole tournament because i'm like look every time the swiss make they're like sweden when they make a tournament they get out of the group stage at least when i've been watching that's the vibe they give off you never see the swiss get dominated right like they're in every game they play they are clearly less talented when they're playing a team like france but they are in it they're there. Mm. Sweden's kind of the same way. We're like, yeah, okay, they drew Spain. Spain had 80% of the ball, but were you ever looking at the game like, oh, man, the Spanish are just so much better than the Swedes. Like, like the Swedes were there. They're putting yeah, challenges on fair. people. They're not. They're never out of position. Like, there are a couple of nations that hold that spot in my mind, and those are two of them. And so when Switzerland got out of the group stage, I was like, here you go. They're going to be able to give whoever they play a game. So now they get France. They're going to be able to give them a game. What I didn't see coming was Harris Severovic becoming. <laughs> no. How can you not? Harris Severovic can stop himself half the time. How can the French not stop Harris Severovic? It's made it made Varane look like a really average defender. Yeah. Like not 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 that one moment, but like the tournament as a whole. I'm watching Varane. I'm thinking. You're one of the best defenders in the world. Why don't you look like one? Like what's what's going on here? It's really odd. Like his performance, I thought was. I don't think he was like the worst player on the team or anything. I don't think any French player performed really horrifically. But like, like he is someone that should be leading in such a way where he's a catalyst for them winning the whole thing. And that just wasn't the case. And again, like Zverevich is is dominant in certain situations that he just again he just shouldn't be. Very confusing. What do you put the French like collapse down to? I know they missed a the penalty. There's uh, the arguments to say that's unlucky, but they should never be going to a penalty shootout against the Swiss. I put the, the I, I put the French going out of this tournament down to a lack of intensity on defense because it, it was not just it was Presnel Kimpembe was back there. Pavard looked pedestrian. 
I mean, like, they were not good at playing defense in this tournament. They, they, ch they changed their system for it. They changed their system for the Swiss. I don't know why. Well, what they didn't stop was both Severovich goals were center back splitting runs with a cross from the outside. And they did just, they didn't, neither of them like met Severovich. They just lost. It, they, there's, there's, certain, there's certain teams that have the ability to change what they're doing to to prevent and stop other teams, right? And I've, you've seen multiple teams do it in the tournament. There's one team in this tournament that do not need to do that under almost any circumstances. And I know they had injuries at left back, right? I know they lost both of their left back. Hernandez and Luca Dean both were injured. But like, if worse comes to worse, like play Pavard there, play Rabiot at left back, and and keep the same system and style that we you were using in the opening group game against Germany, and like you utilize that front three of Benzema, Griezmann, and Mbappe. Put someone alongside uh, Kante and Pogba. Like it, it seemed so backwards to me for them to go. Blimey, the Swiss are going to play a three-five, like three, <laughs> like three system. We or whatever it is, like a three-four-three three system. We should probably do the same thing. It's like no, no, no you're f just just as a reminder. You are the French. You are the world champions. You literally have the best squad in the tournament. Like play your game. They they were too concerned, and, and it became and it wasn't that evident when they were three-one up. It became so evident in extra time and in um after they'd conceded the second goal again, once again, like they're, they're looking at each other, going, "Should I be here? Should you be there? Where should we be? We're not quite sure now." So, so when you're winning, it looks really comfortable and looks really easy. But when you're not practiced at it, and it was a change again, I feel like specifically to try and counter the threats that the Swiss offered. And, and I know they're doing it because they've got injuries. But even so, what my point is, they don't have to. And the fact that they did was the Champs deserves a lot of criticism for that. And as much as they'll go, oh well, you know, we're a big unit. It's the team. It's me. It's every like it's everything. Like they're they're not going to blame it on the Mbappe miss. It, all that the Mbappe miss does for me, it's not like him missing the penalty. But like so what? It just highlights how tactically poor they were in a game like this when you're playing again a swiss side they, you're right they're always in these positions but they shouldn't be beating the french they shouldn't like they just well uh, it's, it's this, silly. this no this highlighted by the last goal the the one that gavranovic scored in the 90th minute which shout out to that guy who scored an you know very close offside goal like a couple minutes earlier comes back and scores the actual i like okay pogba turns the ball over but i'm looking at the way this play develops and they pass the ball to the middle of the field, 20 yards from the goal. And you just don't see this happen a lot at this top level, especially when you are defending a one goal lead in the 90th minute of a knockout stage game. Like Paul Pogba is not supposed to be the last line of midfield defense here. He turns the ball yeah. over in this situation and all of a sudden it is Mario Gavranovic against Presno Kempembe for all the marbles. But they, they acted with, with nobody near him. It was Gavranovic right, and Kempembe, and that's it. And if you know, Gavranovic is good enough, gets by Kempembe, who kind of got crossed up on that play, and then just passes the ball into the net, and you're tied. I just don't that sh that should be impossible, and it wasn't. The, the French in that moment act like, oh my god, they're trying to they're trying to equalize. Like, like they couldn't <laughs> believe it. Like, oh, hang on a minute, we've got the right here. We should be going through. They could not believe it. It's one pass that, yeah, immediately right. Pogba, Pogba should do better. But it's one pass. He takes what two touches and hits it. No one's near him. Like it's it's a three v four situation. I think in favor of France. And suddenly it's level. And then after that, like they were so shell shocked, they never really recovered an extra time at all. It felt like to me. And I don't know. It became not. I went again. I wouldn't say easy. There was moments. Someone made a, a few good saves an extra time. 
But even so, to put, to put themselves in that position in the French, like I had to go at Portugal, this to me is just as bad. Like it's or, or even worse because of the quality of their side compared to what you're seeing across the other side. Crazy. On the last note, every penalty that Switzerland hit was fantastic. I don't know what oh, they wait, did the in training or something. The, the penalties that Switzerland was taking were unbelievable. They were so good. I was I was floored by that. Larice wasn't even in the same area code except for the one that the dude hit a thousand miles an hour and Larice couldn't keep out even though he got to it. Oh yeah, that was the, that was the only one. I, I, I'm one of those goalkeepers that thinks that if you get one hand to it, like you should probably be keeping it out. But I don't know it was hit, it was hit pretty ferociously. We'll let him off. Yeah, the guy just like, the guy just ran up. Out now. He didn't even care where it was going. He just ran up and hit it as hard as he possibly could. I think and just. That was it. Sommer's save was uh, the Mbappe's penalty was terrible, but I, I agree that that's not the main point here. The game, the point that the game ended, I got a text from one of my friends said Deschamps is the worst manager at this tournament. I don't know if I agree with that, but I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. He played. They played four matches with the world champion team that every single person here would acknowledge has more talent than any other team here and they won one yeah i i don't think he's not he's not he's not the worst manager but they should they, sh they shouldn't be so undone by le like left back being an issue for them that's and, and the fact they changed their entire system because of that one thing uh rabio's not a natural left back we better play him as a left wing back do me a favor <clears throat> great goal by Awful. uh benzema that touch though oh oh saucy yeah yeah, if there's if there's one way to describe that goal, it's whoa. That was, yeah, it was really good. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I didn't even see what happened the first time I watched it. I had to watch it again, and I was like, oh, that was neat. You know, that was that was nifty. They, but they, yeah, they gave up three goals to the Swiss in a knockout game. That's just that's all in the organization and the defense. There's no other. That's right. Now, Z. Right, I know. Football appears to be coming home. Right. I don't know if you've. I don't know if you've got the alert. It's taking. It's taking me an hour, listeners. To, to mention England. This is our longest podcast ever. More than 20 good minutes, let me tell you. Um, We're England multiplying two, it because nil. we missed the episode. Yeah, England 2, Germany nil. move on. So Sweden, uh, beaten <laughs> <Right>. by... Congrats. Let's do Sweden and Ukraine first. Okay. And then let's, okay. get back. let's okay. come back. Okay. Let's come back. Okay. So, okay. Um, I've, because I'm a massive loser, I've rewatched this game. I'm the only person <laughs> on the planet. To rewatch Sweden Ukraine for my uh, my analysis videos I'm doing on my channel at the moment. So Sweden have um, got a man sent off with a terrible tackle, and Ukraine have ended up winning two one. And Z, for a population of forty four million to go out and do this, you've got to give a cre Ukraine credit, right? Thank you for getting the population numbers in. I look, <laughs> Ukraine's got a war going on right now, so you know this means a lot to them. I have this live simulation thing that we do of the live sports and i've referenced it a couple times in one of those we did the 2026 world cup and in that ukraine made the world cup final right that happened they made the final match what does it mean what does it mean though it means that this team has talent at least according to football manager this team has a lot of talent man there might be a lot Fair. of people that we don't know because they play in the ukrainian league largely Right, except for your Sinchinkos and your Sikonkovs. But they <laughs> you like that? Great pronunciation. Yeah, I have no idea that. what you said, but yeah. yeah. They um they are capable. And they're one of those teams where they show up at these tournaments and they're capable, but things just yeah, they don't quite go their way. Right. 
But if they end up in the same boat as the Czech Republic, where all of a sudden you drop them into a quarterfinal, they, I mean, they can really beat somebody. And that somebody, mm, in my opinion, honest to goodness, was Sweden. This Swedish team won a group with Spain in it. They were unbeaten with two wins and a draw coming out of the group stage. As the group winner, they get the worst third place team. And this has to go down as a significant disappointment for Sweden. Has to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's similar to the fact that it shouldn't be going to this point in the game. It shouldn't be going to extra time. Like the red card, yes, it's a huge moment in the game, but it happens in extra time. The game could arguably have been won before that. But again, I've, I've watched it back. Ukraine played some really lovely stuff. They came into the game far more after the red card, like the amount they did after the red card, which was 20 minutes, if that. Yeah, like it was, it was better. They're, they're, let me tell you, they're, they're 20 good minutes, see. Let me tell you. Like <laughs> it, was, it was some really impressive stuff from that moment onwards. Pre that, Sweden dominated the game largely. They had the better chances. They had more chances even after the red card. I think Forsberg hits the bar before the goal at the very end. It's it's a disappointing result for Sweden. I think they'll again. It's one of those things they'll look back at it and think, man, if, if we just had a bit more about us. And you wonder if last time was fit, how big an impact oh. he would have had in games like this, like the games specifically like this that are very very tight, but they're quite even, like quite evenly matched. He is a world. He's not maybe not a world class talent at the moment, but he's still plays at an extremely high level like you've got to assume he would have been the difference maker in this type of game and that, so they'll be so disappointed again ukraine i can I've, I've i've got lots of notes on them so i can i, mean, I can talk you through my notes on ukraine if you like i, I would like that but on this lot on note uh, look the, the, the <laughs> i would like that let me dive out the conversation yeah well, well no but just, <laughs> just before we dive into this these notes is I, Zlatan technically and mentally is still the player he's always been. And I think that's what they, they were missing because as, as much as I like Alexander Izak, he didn't score in the tournament. He got close. No. He made a lot of plays, but he didn't score. And Zlatan scores. He scored over 500 goals at the professional level. This year. No, sorry. Yeah. No, not this year. According to uh, him, probably. Yeah. yeah. Scored 500 yeah. goals in Milan this year. What do you mean? I'm a lion, you're sheep. Uh, but now we can talk about the, so what, what does Ukraine do for those that so the, might be interested in the match that they have in the quarterfinals so Ukraine throughout the tournament have played 4-3-3, they played it against Netherlands they played it against Macedonia and they played it against uh, Austria and they were not convincing in, either, in, in any of those games when you're only beating Macedonia 2-1 you know you've got some issues, for this game and, we, and it's interesting because we've just talked about France, they played uh, a 3-5-2 system which was much more focused on defending which then drew out Sweden more than Sweden liked to be drawn out which was interesting about it they play like a, without the ball they play a flat 5 and then a 3 and then 2 rather than playing like wingers and, and things like that they play the midfielders very much as like a 3 across midfield situation and they switch the ball extremely well they are, they are so much better technically than people realise that they are. And their ability to move the ball and then defend as a unit is really difficult for a side to break down. And I think Sweden came into this game thinking they were going to play the way they normally play. They're going to get Isaac in behind and they're going to create chances through that. And Forsberg's going to going to light it up. And but it, but it just wasn't like that. Like They did a really good job, Ukraine, of restricting space. And again, we talk about France changing their system and it not working because they are so superior to the opposition. In a tight game like this, the red card, of course, is a huge factor. But also, Shevchenko, who is still a relatively inexperienced manager, and it's bizarre to see in like, the dugout of Ukraine, considering he's like a god there, did, did the right thing. Changed it up, found a way to win, 
and ultimately gets gets Ukraine to a quarterfinal, which I'm not sure many people pre-tournament would have had them being in. And they've never like, been was, to, also. They've never no, been this far in a tournament. It, it was super impressive. They use Yarmolenko. Like, Yarmolenko is their guy. Like, no matter what, who else is on the pitch, they are they are expecting Yarmolenko to either make something happen or to score a goal. And in this game... He didn't score, but he's constantly a threat. He's someone they're always worrying about. They've got a player in midfield as well. Like Malinowski didn't start this game. And for Atalanta this season, he has been an absolute like shining light. And I think it's interesting that I'm talking about this um, in, in a bit more depth because, of course, they play England in the next round. So when you're watching Ukraine, watch how technically good their midfield is. Watch the fact that... And see if uh, Malinowski plays because he didn't play particularly well against Austria. He didn't play very well against Macedonia. He's, he's guilty of giving the ball away despite scoring, I think, 18-36 for Atalanta for two seasons on the run. Of course, this is a side that have been in the Champions League, remember. He's one of the star men for Ukraine. And in a game where Shevchenko realised, we need to outwork this Swedish team, because you mentioned it, like, they will always be in these positions because there are teams like Switzerland that are good enough to be in these areas, but you have to make sure, as a, as a given, you outwork them. And that's what Ukraine did in, like, in key moments. And they showed some quality as well in key moments. And ultimately, that was a difference. They're 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 not they're not a particularly interesting team on at surface level, right? You 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 see a game like Sweden Ukraine, you think that is the most boring game of the, of this stage. But the way in which they operate, the way in which they nullified Sweden and created chances for themselves, on balance overall, and again to mention it for a final time, the red card does make an impact. They deserve to go through, and they will be a, they'll be a tough opposition for for England. There you is go. that comprehensive enough for you? Yeah, no, I. I... That is what I have heard from people even before the tournament. When they when, they, thing, when they looked at... No, no, no. I didn't mean all the things you said. I meant one one, one thing in particular is the technical uh, proficiency of the team. Yeah, I just want to say they've not kept a clean sheet. It's the only thing they've not done yet. So so defensively, they are vulnerable at times and they are, they are a bit too passive for my liking, but they're yet to keep a clean sheet and they're going to play a team so far that have only kept clean sheets. And that's, yeah. what, that's what makes this tie really Ooh. fascinating. Ooh. That, you, that, you, that Ukraine are going to have to score goals knowing that they're probably going to concede and England so far are yet to do that. And then on the final note from this game, I, I thought Emil Forsberg was playing better than I have ever seen him play in this tournament. I thought he yeah. should have had multiple goals in this game. It's amazing he only scored one. I really hope he carries this form forward because it was wildly impressive. He deserved another game. The dude was hunting the golden boot at a point in this match. <laughs> he's, he's a really fascinating player. He's another one that has gone to Leipzig and he's like a, such a key player for them. They absolutely love him over in Germany. And again, he's never had like the big move, but he's, he strikes me as the kind of player that wouldn't suit it. Like he's much better being a Leipzig team that I say absolutely love him. And some people will say Leipzig are like a bigger team in Germany, but he, he's a real star for them. In, in a team that have lost players in recent seasons, he's been like a one constant and I think mm. he's loved for that. But he will not be playing England. Ukraine will be. And of course, England is there because, and I feel like I should just wind you up and let you go again on this one. You beat Germany um, in Wembley. That's pretty, it's pretty mad. It's, it was, it was a bit, it was a bit out of body experience. Like it didn't feel massively real. I'm, I'm old enough to remember Euro 96. I'm old enough to remember just to remember us five and a half. But it's the first memory I have of international football, of having the kit, of having like merchandise of that tournament and things like this. And I remember seeing like Paul Gascoigne, your favorite player, score, <laughs> score like a really memorable goal. Um, and for, for, for Gareth Southgate to miss the penalty that knocks England out or, or that sees England be knocked out of the, of the tournament 
at the semi-final stage to come back 25 years later in that piece of, of ground and guide a team through in quite impressive fashion actually i know people will look at it and go it was dull but it was but again i could go into detail as to why it wasn't dull it was really interesting um it was yeah lifting the demons throwing them out the window and moving on to the next one it was it was romantic in a way see it was romantic i feel vindicated in a way because i've been blowing the horn of uh the english the entire tournament and saying England is one of the most talented teams here. It should play like one of the most talented teams here. I feel like you don't agree with me on that, which I think says a lot about the English psyche in a way. Um, but well, I've, ch I've changed my opinion. I've, I've, I've gone from thinking that in game one and seeing us play against Croatia in a way that seemed really restricted and then playing at Scotland in a way that was really like not... not <laughs> makes the Ukraine game really interesting because it's not too dissimilar from playing a Scottish a Scotland team and now i get it i watched the game against the czech republic really in depth i watched how germany played in, in games against france and uh, france and portugal really in depth and then before england germany i, I made the video and because it's one thing to say after the facts right but i made a yeah. video pre-game and said england have to play like this and they have a real chance to win if they play a four at the back system which they've done in the previous three games they will lose because the way in which germany play is so dominant and so impressive that they did it to france and portugal and even though they lost to france like again they dominated that game if, if england had come out with four they'd have been overrun out out wide so much so that we wouldn't even know how to stop it like going to a five at that point it had been too late that had been too strong what he did was he basically watched what germany did and went yeah we're gonna do that as well and so he said to he said to Trippier and he said to Shaw on either flank, he went, just go and play where Kimmich and Goosens play for Germany. Just go stand up there. And so and, and what we managed to do really well, and which and, and it's because of what we've done in the tournament, is that we've controlled games in such a way that I did I've the reason we're pessimistic as England fans, we've never seen us go into a tournament and do what we're doing. We've never seen us go go in with a clear game plan, which which no one it's it was so clear we couldn't see it. That's how clear the game plan was. But Gareth Southgate knew it and the England team knew it. And their, their idea right now is to control the game, is to sit on it, is to wait, is to be patient, is to keep it in key moments. And then when the game is set and when the game is ready, they utilize this attacking quality that sits on their bench at the right moments. And in this game, Jack Grealish was that guy. He shook it open, but it was like England only had five shots in this game. And I guess yeah, that's part but, but, of... I, but, but, but honestly, Z, by design, mate, it sounds crazy, but that's that's the point. You're really drinking the Southgate Kool-Aid on this one. Mate, I, I, I am I'm so I'm not in love with it because every every part of my being, I I support Liverpool. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like I'm not used to watching teams do this. And and it's not the football I love. It's not the football I would play or set up, but I am so on board with playing with an England like using an England team like this. Because ultimately I think it will bring us success. I don't know if we'll win the tournament. But I'll be amazed if he don't get to the final, and that could come up to bite me. Don't get me wrong, but he's he's he understands what he's got. He understands his resources, and he's using them perfectly so far. I will say it is. It's kind of the old proverb or the old curiosity of like soccer philosophers, I guess, where you would look at a team and you'd be like, "What if we took one of the best teams in the world, and we played like?" defensively yeah what would it look like it would just try like we 
when he announced the lineup, I was like, really? I mean, there were seven <laughs> defensive players on the team. Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice kind of included in that as holding midfielders. I was like, I mean, they're, they're, it's a seven-man wall in front of the Germans. I think a lot of people had that feeling because I look at a team and I try and figure out who the best players on the team are, and then you try and get as many of those people on the field as possible, right? Like you want to try and find a way to get your four or five amazing attacking players in there, of which Raheem Sterling is probably towards the back end, but obviously he loves him fitting this system. And Sterling is just keeps scoring, and it's impossible to drop a guy that just keeps scoring goals. But like Grealish or Foden or Jaden Sancho, and now that Mount's been back out of protocol for a little while, you figure he's back in that mix and just trying to find a way, if I was doing it, to get as many of those guys on the field as possible so that we could have the most talent on the field. Like, no offense to Calvin Phillips or Declan Rice, and Calvin Phillips in particular has become something of a hero through his performances in the tournament in a way I think he was almost happy to be in the the call-up initially. I would have been if yeah. I was him. Um it is impressive. He's basically picked system over players, and it's working. I, I think he spent 25 years watching the teams do exactly what you just suggested. And it, like, it, it makes sense to play Gerrard, Scholes, Lampard, and Beckham because they're the four best midfielders that England have. It makes sense to play Terry, Ferdinand, Cole, Neville every single like every single time you get the opportunity because they're the best four defenders in the country but what what managers never did and whether that falls on the fault of the players or it falls on the fault of the management right and, they, and retrospectively we can look at those things and decide that oh actually that wasn't right it takes massive testicles to to see the England team as it is to see Jaden Sancho to see Phil Foden to see Jack Grealish play Germany and start none of them like that, you can say what you like. People, people claim Gareth Southgate is a yes man, right? That he'll do whatever he wants to to satisfy the FA, and he'll do whatever he, he can to protect himself. Well, the, one of the first things he did was re almost retire Wayne Rooney. He then gave Harry Kane the captaincy and said, "This is how we're going to play." He went into a tournament and he played quite a defensive system, got to a semi final. He now has managed to knock Germany out for the first time, or beat, beat Germany in an international competition for the first time since we won the World Cup sixty years ago. Like. At this point, whether you rate him as a manager and you want to use what he did at Middlesbrough as the example of him not being a good manager, he understands this team and this system and this style of play better than anyone else could. There is no better man to manage England right now. And that is a bizarre thing to say when you look at the resume of Gareth Southgate. But if you watch and understand the way they're playing, then it all it falls into place. Like, it makes perfect sense. He's setting games up, and then he's twisting it and breaking it. And that's what bringing Jack Grealish on does. You can't play Grealish for 90... Sorry to go on, Z. You can't play Jack Grealish for 90 minutes and go, well, if he creates that many chances in 20 minutes, imagine what he'd do in 90 minutes. It's like, no. The game was set up to get the respect of Germany. To say to Germany, we, we're not the England that you remember. Like, you are not going to be able to find a way to break us down. Kai Havertz, Timo Werner, Thomas Muller, they ain't good enough anymore. Like, we, we are setting ourselves up to say, you won't break this down. And there was moments, right, when they did. Muller finds his way through. That is going to happen oh. against Germany at times. You are going to have those moments. Because do you know why, Z? Because they're fucking Germany. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes they are going to have moments. Like, that's football. England, on paper, are not as good as them. But they made they made a victory against them 
it was it's to, to me and you're gonna say this is like people listening might think that's just biased as an england fan it was the most impressive victory of the knockout stages it was the most calculated it was the most understood and may, maybe the, i'm saying this from position as someone that has researched it more than 99 percent of people in the world have but like but as, as a man that now understands it if we lose to ukraine this will be a really embarrassing monologue so it's true it, 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 well it's possible i think you have to you obviously back your chances a million times more than you would have against germany kind of coming into into this whole shindig but yeah. the the thing that stood out for me is that england is playing the team anyways the fans still have this the team is playing without a sense of dread yeah and maybe that's also because they just they haven't had to face a goal I mean, nobody's scored. Like you, you don't have to face that dread when you don't concede. Which, which is going to be fascinating, isn't it? Because at some point in this tournament, England will concede. Like they're not going to, they're not right. going to win the tournament by by never conceding. There will be a, there will be a moment where there's pressure, and right now there is this confidence, and 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 it, and it borders on arrogance. But I think at this level of football, to win these competitions, you have to have that to a degree. You've got to believe in what you're doing so much. That it stops other teams playing from the way they want to play and that's what england did against germany and the game against ukraine is fascinating now because ukraine have just changed their system to play like a three at the back system with wing backs and play quite defensive and they've got results against sweden doing just that now well what will what do the ukraine do now do they go back to the 4-3-3 that england have managed to deal with against other oppositions or do they now play that 3-5-2 and try and do to England this is the interesting bit will Ukraine now try and do to England what England have just done to Germany yeah probably it's be really really interesting my, my, my so, guess so my... would be on that but but Ukraine doesn't have the central defense that England has that's for sure well, well that, that's it and like I, so I'm doing like team predictions and things like this and <laughs> Sterling you're right is undroppable I'll drop him for this one I'll drop Rice and, and Phillips as well because Rice and Phillips are both on bookings they wipe after this game like, I, I, don't, I don't want to go in too much to like the future games that are coming otherwise we'll do two and a half hours but yeah I think Southgate has got some really difficult decisions right now to make but um, yeah at this point he's the man to make them fair enough I mean, okay here here you go now that now that we have our eight the matches <laughs> the matches today when this comes out Switzerland Spain Belgium Italy do you think the Swiss have a chance? No. I, this, is, this is the type of game for me that Spain are looking forward to a lot more than Switzerland are. I, th I think I think that the, the high of beating France will go down as their high. Like I don't think they'll have another moment like that, so I would give the, I'd give it to Spain. Wouldn't it be something? I, here, here, I'll, here's my take, since you've been so insightful on the last two. Switzerland when it was losing three to one was arguing a call and granite shaka got a yellow card for arguing yeah that yellow card knocks him out of this game and the as good as granite shock has been in this tournament i think that law that is a huge loss to switzerland i think they have a much better chance at this game if they have granite shaka in the middle he's not there you're basically going to have to wheel Jordan Shakiri out there and hope he can score a couple of goals because Briel Mbolo has oh. been a little underwhelming at this tournament and he's kind of the center forward. And Harris Safarovic is going to have to... I mean, he's just not a guy that usually takes a lot of chances. So either he's hitting the vein of form of his life or he's not going to do much in this match. 
It's gonna. I, yeah. I, it's well, very hard for me to see a way for like Dennis Sicaria to replace. Well, he's the guy, Rana isn't he? Yeah, he's the guy. He he will come in. It'll be a, it'll be a question of Kanakanji and the boys at the back stop Morata. Yeah, yeah. Like and and always Morata's confidence high. And it's gonna be it's gonna be that battle for me. I think the midfield battle, Spain are gonna win it. Like that that there's no question on that really. But again, going for, going forwards, will Spain be able to score? And if they can, they win comfortably. If they can't, then yeah, the Swiss have a chance. Shakiri has it in his bag to score against literally anyone in the world. The question is, will he yeah. do it tomorrow? I say no. I think Spain wins this three nothing. I think it's a walk. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go the same. I think three. Yeah, three now, three one. Yeah. Uh, yes, the way Spain is turning its possession into goals, that's a way. And then probably the tastiest tie on paper oh, is yeah. Belgium-Italy. But is it really? Because from what I understand, De Bruyne and Aiden Hazard are not playing in this game. I think I think if you'd asked people pre-game, they would have said Italy. I think if, they, if they're missing both of those two players, which is the rumor, right? They are, they've been, been quite as 50-50, says, says Roberto Martinez. Um, which to me suggests that one of them will play and one of them will start from the bench and he <laughs> well, might just swap them around. According to odds, I think you're right on there. So like, I, I think that's more likely. I think if, if I had to pick one of them to start, it'll probably go with Hazard and then bring De Bruyne on if it's not quite clicking for them. Um, again, speculation. I literally don't have any idea. Uh, I think Italy probably have, have the edge and it'll be mad because Belgium have had such a big result against Portugal. I think it's a lot more difficult to do to put to Italy what they've just done to Portugal. I don't think Italy will give them those opportunities. And Italy have looked so good that I kind of want to see them do well in a in a bizarre, twisted way. Yeah, but, I, no, I'd, I'd, the, a close game, but Italy. The the one thing I will say is that Belgium has gone through the fire and and won. They played Portugal. Everybody knows Portugal's great, and they won, and they did it the last 30 minutes at least, without Hazard and De Bruyne on the field. Italy have not played a team of that kind of quality yet. That's true. And so do we know exactly how good this Italian team is when the best team they've played was, I would say, either Austria or Switzerland? I don't know if we know for sure, but it's one of those two teams who is a comfortable distance behind where Belgium's going to be without its two best players, especially with the confidence that this Belgian defense has. Belgium has to play the exact same game they just played against Portugal. Who do you, my, my question would be this, who do you think's more confident? Chiellini and Bonucci or Lukaku? Honestly, that's, where, that's, that's to me where it's won and lost. Like That's true. It, it, Lukaku is going to have to do something if Belgium's going to win this game. I don't know if you can that's count what, that's on, what I mean. like, your Tealmans or uh, like Thorgan Hazard to come in and hit another shot. I mean, well, Mer Mooney yeah, Mertens might be the guy as well. Right, it might be Mertens. You might, and and what's interesting about someone like Mertens and Lukaku is they both play in Italy, so their understanding of what Italy are doing might be that little bit stronger. It might be that little bit more in tune. Does that give them the edge in this sort of game? I I, I don't know. To, to me, I think if you're Romelu Lukaku, you're looking at Benucci and you're looking at Chiellini, who have been good but they've not really been tested, and you're thinking you're mine. Like I'm gonna, this is this is my game. Uh, equally, like I've said I think Italy will edge it just, but I bet Lukaku's up for it. I bet Lukaku will look at this defense and think, you might be some of the greatest defenders to have existed in the last couple of decades, but this is this is your funeral, boys, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be the lead of it. 
perfectly honest, there are a few players in the world that can do that. And I fully believe that Romelu Lukaku is one of those players that can just say, I'm going to own this. And if yeah. he's, if he's on, you can't stop him. Fascinating. It is interesting. I look, the lower scoring this game is, I think the better chance Belgium has, I don't see them being able to bag like two, three goals in this game. I think Belgium could win it one, nothing. I'm going to take Italy two one though. I think yeah. that's this, this, this is the t this is the type of game that could very easily go to extra time, and Italy already having done that might be the team to struggle more because Belgium haven't had to go through it. That would be interesting. But you might see a situation where De Bruyne and Hazard are brought on, and you're like, oh, we don't want to give them too many minutes, and then it goes to extra time, and you think, are they can they can they do this? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not sure they're ready for this. Yeah. So that that would be really cool. I, it, it should it should be on paper, right? It's the game of the game of the round. Absolutely, it should be great. Absolutely. Denmark Czech Republic is what raises the curtain on Saturday the game that the least people will be watching by a mile <laughs> uh, that is like every TV company that's ever existed is like come on really I mean this is the sort of match that in the group stage is not a super watched game Denmark Czech it's a quarter final at a major tournament which is an incredible opportunity for both of these teams because both of these teams are obviously not even remotely regulars at this point of a tournament. And now they're looking across the field against a team that they can think, wow, we really can beat these guys. Uh, look, it should have been the Dutch versus Denmark in every in every prediction chart. But uh, I, th I, think, yeah, I think you give it to Denmark. I think you think they're going to probably edge you. I think they've got a bit more quality. I think the Czech Republic have had their moment now and Denmark will be in the semi-finals, which what a story, man. Oh, so I hope I hope they do I hope they do it. Like I know they've they've been through been through quite a lot early in this tournament and they've come they come out the other side and after such a dominant win against Wales, I think they'll be they'll be backing themselves. Well they they as they should be. I mean Denmark yeah, cool. dominated Russia and then dominated Wales, which is I mean, those are two teams that are regular, at least, you know, over the last decade or so, regular presence at these major tournaments and you know, Russia was a quarterfinalist at the World Cup. Uh, these the teams that normally aren't getting dominated by somebody called Denmark, right? And so Denmark has got to be <laughs> feeling good about that. There is something though, and I don't know what it is. And in this this could just be like this. I am endeared by the Czech Republic because they, like I said earlier, are one of the few teams I have ever seen that has been significant even including the game against scotland the xg was like 2.3 to scotland and 0.8 to the czech republic and they scored two goals in one like their ability to survive these games is so impressive that the longer this game if this game is scoreless at halftime czech republic is going to win they really are you that confident yes, yes. But there's also, there's another iteration of this game where the Danes score early and the Czechs end up in a situation they have not been in, which is we have to chase this game because our life depends on it. Yeah, They've true. not been there. Very true. But if the Czech Republic no. ends up kind of the same way you're talking about England, right? If they end up in a situation where they are comfortable, where even though the game is not in their control, it is at their tempo where none of the players are going to be freaking out if this game is scoreless in 60, 70, 80 minutes because that's where they've been. And then in the second half, something crazy happens in the Czech Republic score. Now, I will be rooting for Denmark. But, <laughs> like, you make that clear. 
but I, I really think that's my prediction is if this goes scoreless to halftime, I think the Czech Republic's going to win and they'll get a shock semifinal appearance. But if Denmark wow. manages to score in the first half, I think we could get a wash. I mean, I'm two nothing to Denmark. But if we get to the second, if we get to the second half scoreless, I think the Czech Republic's going to win because that's where they've been living. They survive the game and then they make something crazy happen and they know they can do it. Uh, I think the more likely outcome is that Denmark look really good again, and everyone goes blimey, they could win it. <laughs> they could, like, you know what? They, in this sort of it, they could win it. I, I'd give it to I'd give it to Denmark by again, it's, it's like a two two nil three nil margin. I think I think the Czech Republic are kind of done now. I might be I might be writing them off too easily, There's, but I think it, I I think that early goal will come, and I think I think you're right. Yeah. I think an early goal will set Czech Republic in a situation where they do not want to be in, and Denmark can play quite a patient game, which they've done in the tournament before. And then we'll pick them apart slowly. But yeah, it should, it should be, again, it's, it's a good tactical battle. That, that's what we're getting from this tournament now. It's some really interesting matchups that people weren't expecting. Like we're, we're not getting teams where you think, oh yeah, they should definitely win this. Like is, all these games, there is a question. There is. We, we've, we've done a good job of raising that. I, I think this is another game where if we end up discussing the semifinal and the Czech Republic is there, you'll have a lot, you, you'll be talking about it kind of the similar way you're talking about the French exit. Where when you look at like results in this tournament, who who Denmark has beaten, and who the Czech Republic has played and and beaten, the Czech Republic drew World Cup finalists Croatia, they beat Scotland, and they beat the Netherlands, two nothing. I mean, I know there was a red card in there, but still, on paper, that's a pretty darn good run to this point. Where Denmark, it'll be, it'll, it'll, it'll be a shame when England have to knock them out and beat them again. But yeah. <laughs> well, well, okay. Ukraine, England. So England's <laughs> winning that one by how much? It's coming home. <laughs> <laughs>